You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair, and into the life you want. Hey, docs. Dr. Sed Lewis here. We're always looking to add great docs to our team. What we have created is a practice that's literally built for you to shine. Hey, and guess what? You get to practice dentistry in paradise here in Hawaii. If you're at all interested and are exploring a position in our practice, please contact me at Dr. Lewis at KakuaSmiles.com. That's Dr. Period Lewis, L E W I S, at Kokua, K O K U A, smiles.com. Love to hear from you. Can't wait to speak to you. Well, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Dental Sherpas podcast. We got a lot in store for you here today. A lot of things happening uh, in my world, a lot of things happening in your world. And we want to resource you with some tools and some thought processes and a mindset to help you get where you want to go. And as we have been talking about in our podcast, the summit of our climb, as the Dental Sherpas were helping you climb your mountain, and the summit is really getting to you to that place where you have choices, you have the ability to make doing dentistry in the chair optional, and we want to help give you kind of a climbing map or a roadmap along the way. So with that uh, long setup, let me bring in our... Uh, co-host, my great friend, uh, and uh, your expert um, out there, you listeners, uh, and I put said in the expert category because he is doing a lot of things, he's done a lot of things, but also willing to share all the places that he's messed up, and I hope you listeners out there are um, uh, drawn to that, because that's certainly what draws me to him uh, as well, but uh, said, how you doing out there in Hawaii today, man? I'm doing great, and I'm always kind of uncomfortable at the expert delegation. Uh, <laughs> I'll say fellow traveler because I'm there you the, go. Same, the same journey that they're on. It's just maybe I've made, again, I've made far more mistakes and I've taken more beatings than they have, but I'm certainly no expert as I as I go down the same journey they're going, still making mistakes, still learning on the fly. So I appreciate yeah. this kind of sentiments, but I'm definitely no expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I would say uh, a fellow traveler who might be, depending on who's listening today, a few steps ahead or a few steps down the road, yeah. meaning you've been in that hole yeah. and you know the way out, right? Yeah. Um, sure. And that makes you, you know, I know you're uncomfortable with it, but that makes you an expert because of the uh, experience there, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so I hope you, uh, I certainly understand your humility and, and what you're saying there, but I, I think uh, folks around the country would disagree with you a little bit uh, that you do have lots of knowledge and experience to uh, to give out to folks, and that's what we're doing here today. So I'm going to fight you there. I think you're kind of red-faced there a little bit. I'm, I, I'm embarrassing you a little bit here, my yeah, friend, but, uh, but let, let, me, uh, let me say that uh, this is how I see you, and this is what, uh, uh, what I see and, and other folks around the country, our listeners that we have talked to, uh, see the same thing, and uh, and I'm grateful that, uh, you know, we're, we're putting this out there. And so we get a lot of great feedback uh, from folks who uh, are listening to the podcast, implementing the things and letting their team listen to certain podcasts and, and all of that. So we're, we're, uh, uh, we're excited to do it and just want to say thank you to our listeners out there for, you know, tuning in. And we'd love for you to help us uh, spread, spread the, uh, the podcast. So let, let your uh, other fellow travelers know about it as well. So um, well, we've got another great topic again today. I believe we're in a little kind of mini series that we're calling, you know, skip the line or last week we actually, you know, you brought up a great analogy and I kind of like that as well, that we're sailing towards blue water, which is where it's deep, 
there's no competition uh, and uh, the, the opportunities are endless um, versus being stuck in red water, which is where everything is uh, jams up. There's a lot of other boats, everybody's fishing after the same fish. And so we want to sail to that blue water. And so we've identified a few things that, you know, we really want you to focus on to help you get to that blue water. And to use my analogy, to skip the line, you know, at the top of Everest, uh, if you've seen people trying to summit, everybody's trying to summit on the same days. And there's these really, really long lines. And if you get stuck in that line trying to get to the top, it can become very dangerous. Uh, and so we want you to skip the line, not get stuck in the line, not get stuck in that red water, but get out in the blue water. And so if you haven't listened to last week's uh, or our last episode about this, please go back uh, and listen to that. We had three good kind of skip the line or blue water principles, and we've got a few more here today. And by way of introducing this, you know, what, what I want to say is the, the principles that we're going to talk about today really have to do with um, uh, kind of market or, excuse me, business intelligence. Like, how do you look at your business and very quickly skip through and cut through all of the um, just the, the what can be piles and piles of information and data and dashboards and practice software management reports and all that? How do you skip all of that and get to the what we're going to talk about today, the three most telling, most impactful and therefore, maybe we could say the most important pieces of data to look at on a regular daily, if not hourly basis uh, in your practice in order to skip the line and get to that, uh, that blue water. Is that a fair uh, introduction to what we want to talk about today, Ted? Yeah, I think that's an incredibly valuable insight that we want to be sharing with people. I think one of the big challenges I find when people start to get focused on the data is that they kind of get kind of caught in that level of like, what data do I track? And they end up, for lack of a better term, tracking too much data. And, and to, to Matt's point, what I'm hoping this podcast accomplishes today is to talk about some things that you can do, even in a larger, sophisticated organization, if you have really comes down to that some really key metrics or key KPIs that we're talking about following, you're going to be able to be far more predictable and actually get in that company to solve any issues you have and to quickly look at your business and know exactly how to fix anything that might be causing the problems, but also capitalize on things that are going really well for yourself. That's right. And we're not talking, we're not saying at all in this podcast that, you know, multiple pieces of data and data and tracking um, indicators that we're not going to talk about today aren't important. We're just saying that start with these three and they'll lead you into the um, research mode to find other pieces of information right. that will help. But this is like kind of red light, green light, flashing on your dashboard yep. this is what you want to watch right yep. um so let's let, let's dive in what's the first uh kind of skip the line or blue water principle piece of uh data you want to be tracking yeah one of the things that we track and we're going to keep our list of three but the important thing that we've always tracked whenever we talk about our podcast is we look at hygiene as being a real clear definition of what the practice health or for that matter malaise in an organization so we're always going to track number of hygiene visits but more particularly number of hygiene visits in prime time. And we define prime time as being before or after work during the weekdays and on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. So, and the reason we find that so important is that in many respects, that gives you the perception of exactly how good are you doing your job and getting people into your practice, number one. Number two, it gives you the context of understanding where's the dentistry gonna come from? You know, mm -hmm. one of the big things I think so many dentists are following is they're always following more metrics relating to production and production per hour. But unless you have a healthy hygiene schedule that's going to allow you to see many patients who are going to need a dentistry 
all the talk about production is just simply superfluous and, and kind of a waste of time, to be honest. So looking at the hygiene bits is incredibly important. And what we try to look at is that we found that if you want to basically be more granular about that, the reason we look at that is that if you have an associate model like I do, it comes down to making sure your associates have adequate enough hygiene exams so they have the ability of patient flow to produce the dentistry that makes the practice a healthy place to work at. And so mm -hmm. what we have found, and this is something that we've talked about in other podcasts, that if we can get your, your associate doctor about 150 to a maximum of 200 hygiene exams, that's a really good recipe for, for your associate doctor to do incredibly well, as long as you've got a good associate who's doing good diagnostics and communicating and actually having good treatment plan conversion. But we find that's, that that hygiene- That's per month, 150 month. to 200 per month, yeah. Yes, per month. And we have found that's why it's so important that the hygiene visits are tracked. And we have a saying in our practice, and this is something I learned from my mentor, John Christensen, that hygiene is the lifeblood of an organization. It's mm -hmm. that important. So hygiene visits is number one on my list. Gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've, we know other doctors talk about their hygiene department and growing their hygiene department. But let's make a clear distinction here. You're not talking about focusing on your hygiene department as a source of revenue for the practice, meaning the hygiene fees and the scaling right. and route planning gets diagnosed and all that. There's a, there's a model of that, right? To say, yeah. hey, there's a way to earn passive income, right. you know, in your practice by letting your hygienist, you know, diagnose and do things and it's yeah. a source of revenue. The way you're looking at this and talking about it is hygiene and hygiene in prime time is the source that fills the associate's or the doctor's schedule with the restorative care that, yeah. that you can then go in and do, right? Yeah, the model you're describing is one. Now, I, I'm definitely not against that model, but let me explain sure. the difference that I see in that. Because I think that model would work for a smaller practice that basically is trying to basically create as much productivity or profit in a smaller organization. Meaning that you've got one doctor who doesn't depend on, on basically bringing a patient flow to support several associate doctors. Right, and in right. that environment, it works well because I think in that model, you're typically looking at the, the situation where your hygiene can become a profit center because you're sure. looking at a situation where 33% of the revenue of that practice should come through hygiene. You've got a hygienist who basically is highly um, skilled in sales and discussion and communication and having patients follow through with paradiagnostics. But as a general rule in a larger associate degree model like mine, it really comes down to you've got to support the practice with several associates. And yeah. more importantly, you have to be able to, set, to also supply capacity for the patients who are coming into your practice because a practice like mine, if you're seeing a lot of new patients, you're going to have to continually find room to accommodate these patients coming through the practice. So it's always yeah. incredibly important in an associate-driven or group practice that as much as sometimes there's a certain agenda out there to promote that level of practice model like I discussed earlier, I would challenge you if you're in a growing practice, which is typically going to happen in any group practice that's going to have associate doctors in it, you're going to have to think more along the lines that I'm trying to share with you. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a single owner doctor out there, however, and you're wanting to start taking the steps, right, you're at base camp, as we talk about in our language, right. and you're right. wanting to start taking the steps of climbing the mountain to get to the place where possibly one day your doing dentistry becomes optional for you, a first step to climbing up to that you know, camp one, to use our climbing language again, is focus on growing hygiene visits. Right. Track those number of hygiene visits and start growing those hygiene visits because that, like you said, that's going to be the lifeblood. It's going to be the, the trough 
so to speak, I don't know, maybe a little crass, that the, uh, that the associate doctors are going to feed from, right? They're going to get to see those exams. They're going yeah. to get to, you know, diagnose dentistry or whatever. It becomes the, 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 the pathway into your practice yeah. and getting the associates uh, the work that they need. So you got to increase yeah. that hygiene. Yeah, uh, hygiene. I like that, Matt. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta eat at the trough there a little bit, right? So, you Tennessee status. folk, you Tennessee folk. All right, yeah. that's my Tennessee coming out, man. That is my Tennessee coming out right there. All right, all right. So number two, what's the second yeah. one? Yeah, number two. We've talked about this before again, but and I and I think it's such an undervalued metric, and I think it's so important, especially if you're kind of following a hygiene model that accommodates a group practice. We want to be tracking the production per hygiene visit. And again, what that mm. typically means is that you're looking at, of all of the exams the doctors did, what was the production that came out of that? And you're simply dividing it. You're, meeting, you're finding out a general idea, the estimate of what each exam was worth to create that monthly production for that particular mm. doctor. And we do that for all the doctors in the organization. So it gives us an idea of what typical average number each exam is worth it. And the reason that's so important for you it's a great management tool because yeah. it gets your team to value the hygiene. But rather than looking at hygiene as an imposition sometimes, like, oh, God, I got to do that exam. Or, oh, man, man, I don't want to have to bring that patient in. It's we're kind of busy. Do we really need to see that next hygiene, hygiene appointment? This is what really defeats that, that way of thinking. Because we were able to basically be granular enough to show a doctor or your management team that, hey, that hygiene visit coming in is probably going to be worth $700 for us in the company to basically have dentistry be on our schedule in the future. And again, I wanna make sure I define the context correctly here. I am not saying that every person who walks in is gonna be worth $700. It's simply a means of an average of the production mm -hmm. that's come out of these exams to give you an idea of how you can train your team to understand these are where the future dentistry lies. And this is how important it is to value the hygiene program and more importantly, value the hygiene exam experience. And so you have patients who are going to fall through into the dentistry and the more that we want to basically think about engineering a successful practice, it really comes down to, since you know the production per exam, you can now determine how your company needs to grow. You just need to get these many more hygiene exams on your schedule or these many more hygiene appointments, which will then feed the production we're talking about to allow the practice to grow in a way that's very predictable. And you can basically look at a scenario where you're planning ahead of the, get, ahead of the time exactly how the company is going to grow by simply knowing that number. Yeah, I think that was so valuable for me when I was learning this model from you and from others. I remember sitting in a in a meeting one time with our friend John Christensen, and he was talking through some stuff. And and uh, you know, I had been kind of sitting with him for gosh, man, maybe uh, a year, almost two years, and uh, maybe not quite that long. But anyway, it, it, this, this idea got thrown out of that production per hygiene visit and across the country, this is what the average was, and using that as a benchmark, it, it, it just unlocked almost, I wouldn't say everything, but it unlocked a lot for me to go, oh, now there's a, a reverse engineering is now possible. There's no hope for growth anymore. There is a, we set a growth target number and then reverse engineer and build the capacity and the team and the marketing and the patient flow mm -hmm. We build that like you're building a, you know, a, a scaffolding or building a building to reach right. that, that production growth number. It becomes very quantifiable. Now, here's what it doesn't do. Also said, you can talk to this for a second if you'd like. 
it doesn't throw out all the things that we've talked about as well about, you know, good customer service, right. uh, you know, care, you know, all those things. So, so we're just talking today about, you know, the, um, the, the, high, the, the KPIs, right? How to look and, and kind of cut through all of the noise right. and see what's happening, you know, inside right. of the practice. But knowing that hygiene visit and knowing the production for hygiene visit becomes really the, the I mean, it's like the jet fuel. Uh, yeah. for the practice, because now, you know, uh, how, how everything's working underneath the hood. I, I'm using a lot of examples or a lot of metaphors here, but, mm -hmm. but, but I think you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's so valuable and so important for folks out there. No, it's great. Like you, I, I'm glad you brought that up. It's like, it certainly does like speak to the customer service, doesn't speak to the infrastructure, doesn't speak to all the adjustments you need to make in order to accommodate those more hygiene, sorry, the hygiene exams that will come to the company. If anything, and this is the true, um, you know, honest opinion of it, it actually creates more stress on the company because now you know you've got to actually accommodate that if you want that growth because you know how much that hygiene sounds going to work for the company, you now have to be thinking about what kind of staff members do we need to hire? How many hygienists do I need to bring aboard? Do I need another doctor to join the organization? Do I need to hire more schedulers or greeters or treatment coordinators? Those things are all real, but at least you know ahead of time rather than simply falling into it as it goes along. It's always a good idea to have an idea beforehand what your administrative needs are going to be, infrastructure needs, and provider needs, rather than simply kind of being in a position where you're simply getting overwhelmed and not knowing how to handle it, or worst case scenario, overhiring because you didn't actually plan the actual the actual estimate the right way for knowing exactly how it was going to return to the practice. And again, yeah. I'm the person to tell you that's what happened to me in April. <laughs> I actually kind of yeah. I didn't do a good enough job of planning ahead and adding more providers before I had the exam flow, or for that matter, the recare rate, which we'll discuss in a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say once we know that number, no, hygiene visits, and it's, you know, just simply, you know, production or collections, really, mm -hmm. um, divided by number of hygiene visits, that then gives us our production per hygiene visit. And now that number becomes a, a number for measuring so many things. It can measure the return on investment inside of your practice, right? Because now you can go in and say, okay, well, if, if each exam costs me, brings in $700 to the company, but it costs me $300, you know, to, you know, staff to that exam and do the marketing, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Now right. I know my return on investment to, you know, what I'm getting back. And so I can, now I can make more informed financial decisions because and management decisions because i have this benchmark number here to look at that tells me you know a lot of what i need to know about how the the practice itself is functioning yeah exactly you're exactly right about that and that's and i'm the first one to tell you that i actually got a little bit too i'll call it what it was it was hubris thinking that okay we're just going to simply be able to accommodate it and i'm going to you know not be as data driven because i've seen the growth happen so well in the first quarter that i wasn't kind of focused on that and it caused our april when i talked about that last uh, podcast to actually have a challenge there because we didn't have the recare rate we needed to have. We didn't have the, the hygiene flow to accommodate all that infrastructure that I put in place because I got too too aggressive in regards to the growth itself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we've got uh, production for hygiene visit. We've got uh, another skip the line uh, principle is the, uh, excuse me, we have number of hygiene visits, then production for hygiene visit. Let's talk about the third one here, which is yep. pre-appointment rate. Talk about yeah, that. So the important thing that's number three, a pre-appointment rate or your recare rate and prime time. That's the designation I want to make that, you know, one of the things that I think is incredibly important, especially in a model like ours, in which you're continually growing, if you're seeing, like we talked about, like 
again, I'll share, like we're seeing in one practice, we're seeing over like literally up close to 400 new patients a month in my ProRange location. We're seeing over 200 to 250 new patients in my wildlife practice, which sounds wonderful, but here's the challenges inherent with that, right? We found out in my own company, this is what I talked about last podcast, that because we had all this healthy new patient flow came in, we were doing a pretty bad job on making appointments for all our recare patients coming back. And meaning that even though we have pretty much, for lack of a better term, a very you know, decent, healthy, hygiene uh, amount of appointments coming into our practice, I found to myself, why aren't we seeing far more? If, I got, if we're seeing that hundreds of new patients a month, why am I not having like three times the hygiene department? Like, why don't I have like literally an army of hygienists? And it became apparently clear if you do the statistical analysis, it was because the people who came in during those prime times, which is that before and after work or weekend, there's not any room for them anymore. Or worst case scenario, the message to these patients has probably been, oh, why don't you just come back between eight to five and then basically these patients are being put there and then they're canceling and not showing up. And then we're seeing that massive cancellation rates or massive no-shows. And that was just simply a scenario that was basically going to happen because we certainly weren't meeting the needs that we know which people want, which is that 88.8% of the people want their hygiene appointments before and after work or the weekends. And so we kind of, you know, we literally violated that doctrine you just don't do. And because of that, you saw statistical results, which was in my practice, even though we had all those new patients coming in, we basically saw about a 40 to about 50% attrition rate, depending on the practice, because we didn't actually do it the right way. So again, I'm imploring you out there. Number three, <laughs> your pre-appointment rate, your recare rate is highly important to check out because you're going to catch stuff that guys like me made mistakes on. You know, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I laughed at the expert moniker. I'm no expert. I'm still making mistakes. But, uh, but the good news is we, we catch these things, but I want to implore all of you, don't make the same mistake I did, which is to get so focused on, you know, the I call it the, the shiny coin on the sidewalk. You know, the fact, look at all these new patients, how great, this is wonderful. But the entire time, we have all these wonderful patients who've come through our practice, and we didn't retain them because the messaging is probably, you don't, we're not as flexible as you think we are. Like, even though we've, you've got our signs, we've got our websites, we've got our messaging being we're open seven days a week, we're open until nine. I would say looking at our, and I looked at the analysis, the analysis of it, I saw most of our patients, 75% of those people who came were given appointments between eight to five. That's almost embarrassing for me to say. And as the owner, I will take responsibility. I wasn't clear enough with my team to make sure they understood that. Even though I think I, you know, I have the strategy in place and my management team knows and they're all amazing, wonderful people. But ultimately, it was my lack of leadership and not getting them to understand that. So that's what we need to do in my organization to overcome that. But I'm just saying, again, number three for me, that is probably the biggest overlooked thing by doctors in regards to growth and how the problems they run into it. And also me, this is the stuff that runs into me. That's what gets your associates pissed off at you. And that's what I deal with, right? No. I'll be honest. I'm going to be very open and transparent. Many of my assistants are pissed off at me right now because our hygiene is not filled like it used to be. We're seeing the cancellations in the middle of the day. We're not seeing things like, why are we having openings at the end of the, at, at our, our seven to nine window? It's because we were not good enough about filling those appointments with people who typically wanted it, but just didn't know it was available. So yeah. I know I'm getting long-winded here, but this is, I'm getting passionate. This is an incredibly important thing that you have to focus on and don't get lazy on because I did, and I am now dealing with it and trying to unravel the issues with it. Well, and your team is human too, right? I mean, they get distracted by the, or get enthralled with the shiny, you know, coin 
on the sidewalk as well, just like you, because most of the time, a lot of the times, I should say, the, the sexier KPIs, right? The production, the collections, the new patients, they get all the attention and this pre-appointment rate in prime time gets pushed down to fourth or fifth on the list and it's buried right. down in there. And a lot of the praise and the bonusing and incentivizing and all right. that stuff goes on the sexy ones, right? Yeah. Um, right? But what you're saying is by understanding and tracking this, what I'm hearing you say is by understanding and tracking that pre-appointment in prime time, that if you can use these words, it takes pressure to elevate that up there above production and collections because we know that production and collections are going to follow yeah. that pre-appointment rate right yeah. and so it does tell you, all i'm trying to say is that you know our teams are human too and it takes pressure and it takes a constant reminding and incentivizing that that is so so important because and because you know what's going to happen in the future because you've right. been down this road yeah. it, it's all running great now but three, four, five, six, eight months down the road, associates yep. are going to be pissed off to use your oh, term yeah. because yeah. It, it all dries yeah. up. So yeah. you got to play the, the short game and the long game uh, yeah. as well. So yeah. you get them in the door in that prime time, and then you make sure that your languaging is on point to, to uh, pre-appoint them to come back in that prime time as well by saying things like, now, listen, you work. You came in at seven you know, today. Let's go ahead and put you in. When, what's your work schedule? Let's go ahead and put you in before work next time or after work or on a Saturday. Would you like to do a Saturday? Just so we make sure nothing gets in the way. We, we care so much about your care that we want to put you in a time that's convenient for you. Just that simple languaging, you know, right there gets them, gets them to where they need to go. Well, I know we, uh, we're running out of time here, so I just want to say thanks again, Ted. This is, this is really great stuff. Um, and for our listeners out there, th this is, we want to be real practical. These are things that you could go in and start tracking and monitoring tomorrow Today, tonight, pull it up yeah. in your practice yeah. software. You'll have, yeah. you'll have your hygiene visits in there. And then just do that little simple math equation and then look at how much your uh, pre-appointment, uh, just look at that. What, what's happening there? Is it before work? Is it after work? If you, do you need to add some extended hours? Those kinds of things. And that really will help you sail, to use our analogy, yeah. just start full steam ahead towards that yeah. blue water because most folks aren't doing it out there. Yeah, yeah, I, so I want to end and share the fact that that's the secret killer, guys. It's the last thing I talked about is that we as doctors get so focused on the idea of new patient growth and the fact that, hey, our hygiene still seems pretty full and, hey, it seems pretty good. But, boy, it gets certainly glaring when you start to see the situation where you, you look at and you start to find out, why, why am I still seeing the same amount of patients month by month? That's a big, especially if you're seeing as many new patients as we are. And I think it was a real you know, reality check for our organization to kind of get ahead of that. But again, that's the secret killer right there. What I just shared with you, if you can get ahead of that stuff, it'll save you, I hate to say this, it'll save you millions of dollars in the long run. Millions. And I say millions, that's absolutely true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Greg said, hey, if uh, you haven't listened to our last Skip the Line uh, podcast, please go back and, and take a listen to that. Also, let me point you towards our episode. I forget which number it is, but it's with Dr. C Sigurd Enixon, and he talks a lot about this, um, this recare and how important it is in the practice and actually having a team of folks who are, um, that's their sole job, you know, eight, 10 hours a day is taking care of that recare, calling patients, looking at that, moving folks into the, you know, the prime time hours and all that because uh, he feels it's so important. So that was a great episode. Just came to mind uh, as we were talking about that. And then I also want to plug again, our private Facebook group, please 
please go join us over there um, at uh, the Dental Sherpas Base Camp. Dental Sherpas Base Camp, just go to Facebook and type that in, search us out in groups there, and we want to interact with you there. We have some real exciting stuff coming out. I mean, just and just momentarily, Dr. Said's book, Failing to the Top, is going to be available. And uh, we've got uh, our Next Level Academy that, that we are uh, putting the finishing touches on to get out to you guys to give you some real practical help for those uh, who need it or want it. But mainly, we just want to have a dialogue with you. We want to hear what's going on in your practice. We want to hear, you know, where you guys are struggling and uh, make sure that uh, we can offer some, some help uh, in those areas. Again, from just from our experience and um, the fact that, you know, either Seth or I has kind of been in the hole that you might be in right now uh, and might have some solutions uh, on the way out. So thanks again, Seth. Appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day.